What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, cartoons. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Richard Wilson, Jack Walker Pearson, and Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, how are you? What's up? How's your week been? I'll start. Week's been interesting. I've moved, so that's been the backdrop of my week. What I watched, though, was uh, The Worst of Enemies, which is on Netflix. Yes. It's, you, know, you know what? It's really good, and I think more white people should probably watch this movie. <laughs> oh, the worst of enemies. Uh, and, then, and then the other thing I watched was this movie called Cosmic Sin. And I got to tell you, there, there, there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who got to finish the thing when they start it, and those who can stop after 20 minutes because they know it just ain't worth it. Which one are you, Jack? Which, which one are you? <laughs> I stopped. I stopped Whoa. watching that movie. And, yeah, then, uh, I... and then what I'm reading is uh, this uh, this new Superman comic book. It's called uh, The Son of Kal-El. I was about to pick that up, man. How how is it? How is that? It's okay, but it it's just okay. It's it's pretty good. It's okay, but this is where I got. This is the variant Ooh. cover. Oh, oh, describe what, what do we see right now? Okay, what we see in the variant cover art is a young kid superboy carrying a young Robin, right? And the art is dope, and the the kind of persona that these two characters are exuding just I, I was like, yo, I'm all over this. And I actually got this first, and then I was a little disappointed because the art in it is like this. Yeah, well, because I think I think what's special about that cover you showed us when they're younger is um, when Jonathan Kent goes off with his grandfather, he comes back aged up, yeah. and that affects Damien. He's like, "You're my best friend, and you came back six years older." Like, what does that do? Well, they both look older. They both look like late teens as opposed mm. to like uh, early teens. Yeah, or even less, you know. So it's not like us. To me, it didn't feel like Superboy. It felt like you guys are probably getting pretty prepubescent there. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I've been watching just my, my usual uh, my usual weekly stuff. But um, <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't mention this. I watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. It was actually pretty funny. Well, now, it kind of is funny. I guess, like, it's, not, it's not that good. It's no. weird. I'm saying, like, what is that. happening right now? It, I don't recommend watching it. <laughs> and that's really it. That's really it. It was just weird. Like, it was a talking can of, like, corn and it, it, it just a lot of back and forth and switching up. It, it got really weird. Was it similar it to the really first weird. one? Was it similar to the first there one? Was, what was the first one? I didn't even see the first White one. Red Hot American Summer. Yeah, but there wasn't talking <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, I've never seen Red Hot American Summer. So you just jumped into the 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, is it the same like scenario of comedy? It's like a comedy thing? Yeah. yeah. They, and they were all in the original, right? Most of them yeah, were. Yeah, they were. And then, then the 10 years later ones, they're older, but still pretending that they were super young, which yeah. I got roped into watching a promo. It looked funny in the promo. It was all right. It did. And that's why I started looking. I'm like, oh, this looks all right. I saw um, Ant-Man was in it. And I'm like, let's give it a try. And it's not, it's not, no. 
No. Oh, the, the actor that uh, voices Archer, he plays the, the can of corn. So there's okay. that. Okay. Well, there's, there's that. <laughs> there's that, I guess. That. <laughs> <laughs> but um, other than that, yeah, just, that's really it. That's it. Man. I haven't been reading anything except for, uh, you know, manuals at, at the job. Can we get an mm-hmm. update on Conan Exile? Yeah, well, oh, Conan Exile. Um, listen, I, um, I, I, I got to get the grid number. But um, the name of the server is Hello Kitty Island Island Adventure. Okay. I'm sorry, Island Adventure. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> my is brother's that, friend. Is that how we find you? Way fancier. That's that- yeah. My my brother's friend made it. We're on a PVE server, and he got that from um from South Park. Pretty pretty good. I I'll, next time I'll get you the grid number so you guys can find my my white just awesome base like come on man getting my thralls up getting my beast up like, getting the defenses up for when the purges happen i'm right in the middle of the storm so all the monsters be coming up let's holla at your boy holla at your boy chris what's up actually not much been crazy got family here and traveling so i've been watching reruns of Mad Men, and that's about it oh and i started reading dark knights the road to metal because okay. all the because all the McFarlane toys right now are tied to metal, so I need to know what the heck is going on. So mm-hmm. I've yeah. had it. I've, I've had it sitting for a while. I was like, you know what? Now it's time for me to get into it. I tried. So, I, I'm so overwhelmed by metals a lot. A lot. <laughs> and I got overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't even jump in right now. There's an awesome um, YouTube channel called Comic Storian, and they kind of narrate and show panels of like different comics and series. So I thought about maybe just kind of catching up, watching them do it, but they still got like 15 videos just to get into metal. Metal's yeah. a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Well, and you know, and Jay is narrating, not narrating, but he's voice acting some of the, uh, the comic versions of it. Friend of the show, Jason R. Moore. You might know him from The Punisher. Oh, no. He played Curtis. He is the voice of... Ah, uh, one of the evil Batman. I forget the name, yeah. but uh, he, he sounds really great. So if you're into metal, you have to check that out. That's it's and, really cool animation. You know, some of those variant covers are pretty valuable, also. <laughs> so <laughs> and it's new. That it keeps blowing my mind. Like there are these new comics that are coming out issue one. They're a week old, and the variant covers are already like. A couple hundred bucks. If they're limited, then they're going to go up. Well, I, well, that's the new thing. I guess anyone can kind of have a special edition cover made now. Um, for me this week, I'm going to just follow the bandwagon of like watching things that aren't great. I finished Fear Street Part 3. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I thought at least I would get some clarity. Rich, did you finish Fear Street Part I, I I fell asleep like somewhere in the middle of it, so I got to pick it back up. Do you? I Listen, I am one of those guys that have to finish it. I have to. My man, there's two kinds of guys in this world. Um, I also is perfect for this conversation. Man, I've been going crazy on Masters of the Universe. Crazy. So I had to pick up my Skeletor from Masters nice. of the Universe nice. Origins. Okay. Like, it literally is pretty much, and we talked about the He-Man and the other stuff, it, it pretty much looks exactly how it was when we were kids, man. To be able to walk down the aisle and see things hanging 
that look exactly the same as when you were five. So weird. And then, Chris, I had to follow suit and uh, pick up this bad boy, my Prince Adam and his sled. Uh, Chris already talked about this a few episodes ago, but this is dope. It's Prince Adam. He's holding, he has a pink sword, a pink power sword, and he's on this uh, sky sled that you can retrofit it to be either Skeletors or the good guys. So that's pretty freaking dope. And this, okay, Chris, I'm aiming this at you because you're you're Batman head. Have you right. ever have you read any of the Batman Earth One stuff? No, I haven't. Not you yet. Have to. Okay, I picked this bad boy up and finished it. Batman Earth One Volume Three. This book is a New York Times bestseller. Um, hmm. It's it's really great. It, it's a, it's an Else World, but it's not an Else World where everything is crazy. It's pretty much actually. Like, have you read it? Can I ask? I, is that the one where uh, Commissioner Gordon takes a b- way bigger role in Batman's life starting out? And the Penguin is involved as one of the big bads in the first story arc? Yeah, Ping, Penguin's yes. like the mayor. Okay, you did. Keep going, man, because this thing is so good. Pretty much it's, it's as realistic as possible, but you still have Killer Croc. You still have the things that make the Batman world Batman, so they don't go Christopher Nolan on you. But they basically make Bruce as human as possible. He's not just this. What is? What did that mean? So Christopher Nolan is an amazing, made amazing Batman movies, but you can't have a Mister Freeze in them. You can't have a Killer Croc in them. They're so realistic; they don't lend themselves to the other parts of Batman's world. I see. This okay. one does a great job of grounding in a reality, making Batman and Bruce Wayne as human as possible, but you still have Killer Croc in the sewer. And they find a cool way of justifying it. And Alfred is not like the butler. He's, he's straight up former military. He's the one yes. that's telling Bruce, why you should kill these guys. You let he's him... more like uh, the Jeremy Irons of it. But before Jeremy Irons, because Earth One came out, I think, before that stuff. Right. So the, the, the volume one. So like the, just the badass Alfred. Now, did you read the Superman Earth One? I did. I read all of them. Very similar keeping everything that makes Superman super, but just making Clark as human as possible. So you really get to see him in Metropolis for the first time, very young. He looks like he's 23 or 24, figuring out what he should do. It's, they're great books. The, the big bad in the Superman one isn't as great. The Batman books, I think, are slightly better. But it's just really great to strip away the the super from these guys and they're just regular guys and bruce is great because he messes up he doesn't know what to do he's not this brooding madman who knows everything no he's like he's trying to make gotham better and messing up along the way so highly recommend them time for the collector's corner it's show and tell time Oh, man. So here at the Collector's Corner, we show off items from our collection. They can be valuable or just sentimental. Doesn't really matter. They're important to us. Who wants to go first? I'll take it. So, Jack, I know you're a G.I. Joe fan, uh, the real American hero. Do you remember when G.I. Joe just threw caution to the wind and threw out everything that made him cool and decided to go to space? Yeah, yeah, I had that guy. I had those yeah. guys. So, so this is Space Duke. His accessories have long been lost, but this was like right before GI Joe kind of jumped the shark, and that whole space line and kind of got really, really sci-fi. So this one is actually from probably from like '95 um, from this series. But, I um, ask you guys, did did you used to like take them apart and switch all the pieces out? 
I did, did right? Yeah. Yep, I did. That's why the G.I. Joe's I have left are few and far in between from what I yeah. should have had. Because you, you yeah. take them apart, you lose pieces, and there you when go. When that rubber band breaks, they, they're uh, the recipes of war. You lost his legs. If you're before 85, I believe it's, it's a size 6 O-ring, and then after it's a size 8. I got a yeah, box they of changed. They yep. changed, and this, even the plastic they used to make them out of changed hardcore. Yep. In fact, I just replaced this O-ring uh, probably like a month ago. Uh, For those of you who it. might be confused by what he's meaning when he's saying O-ring, <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the elastic band that holds the leg part of the G.I. Joe to the torso part of the G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We, so this is, we are getting our geek cards today. Sometimes <laughs> a Joe blows out his own ring. You got to replace it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It. it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I used to do? I used to grab my mom's like rubber bands for her hair and replace it. So it's like mad wobbly. <laughs> but what, all right. What's the, stupidest, what's the stupidest thing you guys did with G.I. Joe's? I used to put them in the freezer. For, oh, I put them in a cup of water. Yeah. Everything went in the freezer. <laughs> oh, that's true. Why did you start doing that? Because yeah. I did the same thing, and I had a reason. I think it's something inside kids. You see it, and like, oh, you can be frozen in water, and I have to save Yo. you. You it's guys freeze, remember man. the movie? You guys remember the movie Demolition Man? Of course. Yes. So after Demolition, I did man, that. Yes. I would freeze my GI Joes overnight so I could play with them the next morning, cutting them out with a, a super thin piece of hot water, just like in Demolition Man. <laughs> I think I played Demolition Man and did the same thing. Yeah, I, but Chris was I just freezing them because he wanted, like, uh, G.I. Joe icicles. <laughs> it, was, it was the prize. <laughs> I did not do any freezer activities because I would have gotten my ass whooped. Because my hey, mom man, was like, why is there toys? Why are there toys in the, where the food needs to be? I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Now you're Because they're cold? You got your own freezer. You got your own toys. You can do it now, Rich. <laughs> Do it, Rich. Do it now. Do it, Rich. Do it. Do it. Every, everybody's doing it. Everyone's doing it, Rich. Okay, who's next? Cool. Who's next? Uh, All right, so oh, on my, my on my what? oh, I'm sorry. I should I should not have showed it. Hold on, wait. On my um my sneaker purchasing. I'm sorry, my shirt purchasing. Um, I came across this um this figurine set, or actually more toys. As you know, Todd McFarlane because they make the best stuff from the dark knights metal series it is batman earth one and superman oh, now good. batman i mean batman looks like doomsday who, who i thought that's what it was at first i thought it was like just a variant of doomsday but then i read it and i saw it was batman earth one so it's like that's pretty freaking cool and you and, said uh, that's superman earth one that's, that's a yeah. su- oh superman. Well, it says it just says Superman, but it's Batman Earth One, and he looks oh, like Doomsday. I see, I see. Wow! So, I mean, I had my hand on that. I yeah. didn't have to buy that. How so much was rich? How much was that, Rich? I think the was like forty bucks. Oh, that's that's not fifty bad. bucks. That's 50 not forty bucks a figure for those 50. guys. He said so. Fifty. Fifty bucks. Yeah. Two. I, I, okay, but you get you get two figures. Per? You get two what? figures, and you get like kind of like a platform, like a rocky like uh, platform that they stand on. And uh, also two bases for them as well, two black bases. And yes, that's pretty dope. dope. That so is these fire. Look incredible. And they're McFarlane, obviously. McFarlane toys, yep. Yo, they're Dark killing Knights it. Metal. They're killing Where's it. Where's our man. check? 
Where's our check, Carl? You call oh, my phone. You gotta <laughs> listen. Even if you're not giving us check, give us toys. So we can give talk us about toys. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Riffing off of what uh, Rich has got going on. Ooh. This is my. Uh, this is uh, so I'm showing. It's it's the signature series. It's a doomsday toy. It, it's in a two part box. The outside box is sleek, flat black with the blood red Man. Superman S Dope. inside the box, which I've never opened, but I opened it today. Sure Jack. Oh no. Wow. Is Doomsday in his suat before he breaks out of that cocoon oh. that he's underground. Yeah, that, like, I've that, never that seen prison that figure. Suit. That's pretty dope. This, so this guy is probably about two, two fifty, two, two hundred fifty bucks. All right. That's, that's how much it's worth or how much you, you, you got it for. No, oh, I got it for free. <laughs> What's it going oh, okay. You went to D- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. trip to DC. No, that's how much it's worth. Yeah, I can yeah. sell this on eBay right now and easy get 150, 200 bucks. No question. Dude, no. fire. Was that Jack? Did you get that on the trip? The trip we took to DC Comics? Yeah, buddy. Why did I, why <laughs> did I miss out on that? No, I don't I don't know. Know. It is so fire. Yo, we went. So, so Lawrence and I went with our buddy Malcolm, who was on iZombie. He gave us a VIP tour of DC Comics. Good show. Lawrence, Lawrence is a good foot and a half taller than everyone else who went with us. <laughs> and he's just top shelfing everything. Bang, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, we, we made out like bandits. Great trip. People there were amazing. Oh, man, it was so cool. And Jack got a freaking steal right there. That thing is fire, man. Wow. Yeah, that thing is dope. Oh, yeah. That thing is dope. Okay, um, mine in Chris's vein is mad vintage. Okay, we're talking about Master of the Universe today, right? So I had to pull out some of these joints. Now, old school Panthor. Is it still fuzzy? <laughs> it is still fuzzy. This Panthor, nice. for those who don't know about Panthor, Panthor is Skeletor's evil cat. And back in the day, they had to borrow from a toy line that had no moving parts. So this Panthor yeah. is pretty much covered in this felt, but like straight up from 19, I think they made this in 1983. But uh, dope. It's like a chia uh, pet. It's so funny. I remember that fuzzy. sitting on your, on your dresser as a kid. Bro. And then um, I have a faker action figure, an original faker, mm. but I had to use Skeletor parts to put him back together again because he, he's seen better days. <laughs> so I might try to get the new faker, but this is a faker action figure. It's pretty much, for those who don't know, faker is the uh, evil robot He-Man that only appeared in blue in the toy line, in the mini comic. He never appeared in blue in the uh, filmation cartoon. So pretty much the faker is pretty much designed exactly how the He-Man toys was back in the eighties. But yeah, those are my prime. You know, they had to make them blue because if they didn't make them blue, they'd just be selling a He-Man in a faker box and be like, "Why don't I just get exactly?" Which, which they would not toys. be beneath them. <laughs> all these toys are pretty much exactly the same. All the feet, all the arms, all the legs, all interchangeable and to save money. But yeah. but I tell you what they did. All the action figures are fairly similar, but they gave you play sets. They gave you Castle Grayskull. They gave you Snake Mountain. They gave you the vehicles. They gave you like all the, the accessories are crazy when it comes to Masters. Similar to Barbie, all the Barbie dolls are the same, 
but then the houses and the cars and the other stuff is what makes it and, special. And if you guys have not seen Lawrence's Barbie collection yet, you're missing out. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, great, great, great items, guys. I think it's time to get into the news. And now it's time for the news. Guys, so we have Leslie Grace from um, In the Heights, the film cast as Batgirl for the HBO Max uh, movie Batgirl, which I'm pretty excited about. What do you guys think? She's welcome on this podcast anytime. I will tell you that. There goes our sponsors. Um, (laughs) I'm going to keep the fuck. I don't know who that is because I never watched In the Heights. What I'm excited about it is that she's a woman of color, so it just continues to open up the world. And okay. here's some more news. J.K. Simmons apparently is in negotiations to play Commissioner Gordon again in the series. So Let's at first, when, when I saw Woman of Color, I thought she might be attached to Jeffrey Wright's Commissioner Gordon from The Batman with Robert Pattinson. But it looks like this is going to be connected to the Snyderverse, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Hmm. You can't have too many people of color in the same film. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I, I honestly would have preferred. I love that JK is coming back. I think he didn't really get a shot at Gordon, but I, I, in my heart, I was hoping that this would be connected to the Jeffrey Wright, just because that feels like the Batman movie we're investing in long term. But who knows what Flashpoint's going to do? There's still no official like DC standpoint of which. And they're going to acknowledge the Snyderverse, but there's no officials that uh, standpoint that they're actually going to extend with it, right? Well, if he comes back as Gordon, that's an extension of Justice yeah, League. Right. He's Ben yeah. Affleck's Batman. So, I don't know. We'll see with that. Um, David Goyer, speaking of the Snyderverse of it all, David Goyer put out a statement as to why, uh, <laughs> as to why Marvel did a better job world-building than uh, DC, and it's actually pretty um, pretty interesting. David Goyer, who, for those who don't know, he, uh, he wrote um, Man of Steel, and I believe he wrote Batman v Superman. Uh, and he also was wrote the Dark Knight series with Christopher Nolan. He says, I think one of the issues is that Marvel had consistent leadership for the last 15 years or more, whereas DC hasn't. There have been all these changes in terms of who is running DC that it's fundamentally very hard. It's hard to make a headway when leadership is changing. One of the other things that made Marvel incredibly successful is all their adaptions are true to the source material. Ant-Man feels like Ant-Man. Hulk feels like Hulk. They don't try to change things up. I would say try to hew closer to what was originally intended. So it's having a consistent universe, having consistent leadership and staying true to the source material. That's very interesting to me because he wrote the movie where Superman's brooding and snapping necks. I was about to say <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, I was about to say. So, so, I mean, he knows from experience. So he's like, yeah, they, they're keeping oh, straight to the source material. That's a great point, Rich. He's like, hey, I'm, listen. I'm uh, I like the way you think, Rich. I like the I way you think. I watched it, don't do what I do. Now, I will I say, think, you know, Lawrence, when we went to D.C., uh, the the DC vault and took the tour of the building and everything. The people who we met who were in control at the time don't have jobs there no more. So a lot of a lot world. of chairs, a lot of things changed around. Uh, and I think the biggest thing about Marvel isn't because they set up 
solo movies first. None of that really matters. It's Kevin Feige. You got, you got one guy leading the ship, mm-hmm. connecting the dots, whereas DC, it's Warner Brothers, man. Warner Brothers has always been a director's studio. They let the directors have control of their individual proje- projects, and that's why we get the Dark Knight. That's why we get Joker. But it's hard to build a universe unless you have, like, a showrunner. Yeah, it's true. But I think he missed one huge point is just time, you know, Marvel has been building this world for 10 years before we got like in the ensemble picture. DC, they rushed it. So you rush it. That's what you're going to get. Well, the, 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 the other difference was they weren't trying to world build. DC right. was releasing standalone films that could be a franchise and have a, its own run, but they weren't mm-hmm. trying to unite forces. And DC, just they weren't. Marvel is the one who are like, you know what? These worlds need to start being one world. Yeah. And, and I think that Marvel did rush it, but they had the benefit of being first because they knocked yeah. out Captain America, Thor, all those movies so quick to get to Avengers. That's but true. we were getting something we never had before. So we didn't care. Give us the Avengers. And the we time, knew what we were watching. We were watching setup films. You knew it. Whereas yeah. DC, they were trying... You get the you get a team up movie once. Everything else after that is now we're looking at it through more of a microscope. So I don't know. I think like he's right when it comes to leadership. Um, I just thought it was very interesting. Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, is suing the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) She is suing Disney, and I'm like, good for you. Sue them people. Because for those who don't know, actors, especially when you're leading the film, you cut deals. And I think her deal was theatrical run. Now, by them going, we're going to stream and do a theatrical run at the same time means they're cutting cutting into her money. Because that means that less people are going to the theaters. You're actually creating a conflict of interest if I got back end on the film or whatever it is. And with Gal Gadot, Gadot? Sorry, Wonder Woman. I'm probably pronouncing your last name wrong. They came to her and said, let's renegotiate your deal before we decide to show Wonder Woman on HBO Max because we know that's going to affect the money and they came up with something that they can agree agree upon. So she's suing the mouse and I'm like, sue them. And it has ramifications other than just in capital too, you know? Yeah. Now the and it's and it goes back to the way she kind of has been have a raw deal from the beginning of the thing. But the mouse says something back. Yeah, said there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. Said a Disney spokesperson via deadline. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of Mm -hmm. the COVID nineteen pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's not uncommon for both sides to kind of like kick You know what's going to happen. I don't know. The mouse is going to pony up, but it's going to be. Yeah, the mouse is going to pony up and blackball her from any project. So, I don't know. They're already replacing her. She's already getting replaced by her sister who was introduced in the thing. Spoiler alert. And listen, the mouse is going to pony up, but they're probably going to do it off the books. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and good for her because her run is already done. And on her last run, she should have gotten 
this much money and they cut into that. So it's like, get the money you were supposed to get more and you're still a freaking Avenger. Go, you can work at any other studio. You'll be fine. Yeah, you know, it all goes down to what, whatever those contracts said. That's why contracts. And it's funny because so often those contracts end up boning the talent. I mean, take someone like Carrie Fisher, princess Leia, man, mm-hmm. this, this woman, the contracts she signed as a kid going into those Star Wars films, literally signed away her ability to be in a film and look like herself without having to pay for the use of her face oh, on wow. some level. I mean, so it's like these contracts are crazy and they almost always uh, take advantage of the talent. I mean, the Chris Hemsworth contract in the beginning was laughable. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. said, I'm not going to be in these things unless you give these guys what they deserve. Other news, for those of you who are very excited about the Batman 89 comic, but you're more of a Superman fan, do not fret. 89? Oh, yes, yeah, the Tim Burton oh, one. Oh, you know oh, the one with oh, Tim Burton? Oh, 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 oh right, right. <laughs> Rich, Rich, with, with, with Michael Keaton? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh gotcha, yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Is that one, Rich? We got it. Uh, no, we got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are getting a Superman 78 comic. First one's coming out August 24th, and this thing looks great. It's going to be the continuation of the Christopher Reeves series. Let me show you guys some pics. This is all on the gram, so go check it out. And just like the 89 comic of Batman, this could be mad variant covers and stuff. But look at that bad boy right there. I'm showing them a picture of pretty much been flying towards the camera. With just like the movie jacket. Looks just yeah. like the movie jacket. Look at that. Look at this, Jack. Another uh, image of Christopher Reeves. He's holding the crystal. Oh, the, I've uh, already, I've already pre-ordered my comic. Oh buddy. wow! So I'm, I'm, you're, you're ahead of the game. It's just fun stuff, and I'm definitely gonna jump into this and the Batman one. It's like, like our childhood is just coming back, which is yeah. just amazing. Speaking of our childhood coming back, Ghostbusters Afterlife dropped mm. the trailer. What do you guys think? I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Them just drifting the ecto one through the field and then then you know then giving you the idea of where you know how this connects to the 80s ghostbusters i mean it, it all comes together for me i'm super super hyped on this movie it's gonna fix the mistakes of that last ghostbusters movie we got yeah man. we'll erase it from history hopefully dude i mean jason reitman i believe his name is directing it and his father ivan reitman was one of the producers creators of the original movie so, like, the blood is there. The love for it is there. And I don't think you get... Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen the action figures that are created for this film. You don't get Bill Murray back unless he believes in this thing. Because Bill Murray is like, I'm never doing one of these again. <laughs> and if, if I do it, I'm going to make fun of it. But they got Bill Murray back as freaking Peter Vakeman. I don't know what capacity, but he doesn't come back unless he thinks it's dope. That la- The last Ghostbuster film largely happened because they didn't want to do it and he said if you're going to do a ghostbuster film put the funniest people in hollywood in it and it's these ladies and that's kind of how that movie got made in the first place the uh the well yeah. i thought the last ghostbuster film lacked imagination but it didn't lack talent it didn't lack no, funny creative brilliant people it just lacked originality originality yeah um yeah i don't, I don't even remember it like I, I know i watched it i just don't remember it and that's the news, guys. Now, I've been waiting for this part all week. 
I'm waiting for this car all week. Okay, we're about to get into the debate. Let's get ready to run. And for those listening, I have to apologize. The last few debates haven't been much of debates. We kind of answered questions, and for the most part, we kind of agreed on a lot of things the last few episodes. But I feel like that's going to change today. I feel like there might be blood drawn, because we have a debate. Christopher Daniel St. Victor in our group chat suggested a debate question. He said, Steel versus Iron Man, who would win? The trash talking commenced. I wish you guys can read the group chat because it's pretty funny. So, <laughs> gentlemen, John Henry Irons versus Tony Stark, Steel versus Iron Man, who would win in a fight? Suit versus suit. Brain versus brain. Hammer versus technology. <laughs> hammer versus blasters. Okay. To be Spons. fair, his hammer does have blasters on it. So, Oh, he's right. Wait, wait, before we even get into that, who do you... <laughs> Rich, who you got? I mean, my black side wants to go with us still, but I have to go with Iron Man. I'm sorry. Mm. It's just a no-brainer for me. My Superman side feels like his black side. I'd like to go with Steel, but it's a no-brainer for me. And I have to say, I like DC more than Marvel, so my DC side wants to go with Steel. But I have to say Iron Man. Chris, who you got? Uh, you know, so what happened was, no, no, no. I got Steel. I, I got Steel. I got Steel. And there's reasons why. Because I feel like Iron Man lacks the character, and the I just I just feel like Steel can can take him. I feel like Steel is. Just, I think they're both just, okay. Let's let's line up stats for stat, right? Let's stat for stat. Let's do it. Okay, stat it they're up. Both, they're both geniuses. Well, they're both well, geniuses. But genius on the same level. Because listen, you go to John Henry Iron's origin story. This guy. All right, he's a genius, but he's not Stark level genius. Is he yes, like but he also level genius? Look, huh? but is he Lex Luthor level? Like, like where does he rate in in like the smartest no. people? In the I mean, who's Lex Luthor level genius? Nobody. I mean, he's, he's still he's still an employee. Who is he? He's, he's, and, and he's a steel he's worker. Working. Literally. Yeah. He's, That's he's, why he had a hammer, y'all. He, he was a freaking <laughs> steel worker. And he liked the grip. I will say his character evolved over time. So he kind of became the Tony Stark. Yeah. I mean, if you, That's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you read about him in uh, Death of Superman, he's just like a, he's kind of like a, a, really, he's like a Luke Cage type figure in the neighborhood. And then he comes in, he swoops down and starts saving people and fighting gangs and stuff like that. Tony Stark's been at it longer. He has more experience. Tony Stark mm. is fundamentally flawed. I think he's an alcoholic. He's, he's a narcissist. He's an alcoholic. And I don't so, think he has a mental fortitude. Once so what you're going, saying is, what you're saying is you have a problem with people with substance abuse? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And whoa, there goes on, our sponsor. There no, it is. No, I don't think it's there the sponsors it that leave. I think it's Chris. We're back to two brothers. <laughs> brothers shout him Chris, this is why you lose. This is why Steel loses. First of all, what? this is not like a Boy Scout contest. And then right. don't start drunk would still beat Steel. Now, <laughs> Iron Man's most powerful suit 
is like wait, wait this is the Godbuster. It's a, it's a God killer suit. It's a God it's, killer it's suit. It's designed to kill celestials. Those are like the people who create planets. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I I'm look. Now I will say that the suit was destroyed, so maybe he wouldn't have that. But he's got all versions of suits. This like, guy's Hulk, got a suit for every. He's occasion. got a Hulkbuster suit, and Steel has a suit that's similar to a Godbuster suit. Right. He didn't build it. It was given to him by Darkseid, and it like mind controlled him. So I don't know if that's like a useful suit for him to use in this fight. So look, all I see is them getting together. Well, they Chris, probably definitely have a drink together. Him yeah. dodging a blast and still just beating him to beating him down with the hammer till his suit's flat. I expected more from this debate, Chris. talk. Was that that was your only ace in the hole? Well, the guy is a lush. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Soon to be shown the collector's corner. This is this is this is how the the the, 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 the idea came. I'm going through some of the comics I grabbed from my parents' house. And I found the demon. I have the demon in the bottle signed by John Romita Jr. That's and incredible. I said, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I have a problem. With, I don't know. I was just looking at him like, Tony Stark, you're so whack. You have everything and you're an alcoholic. And I was like, who could be Tony Stark? And then that's how I got into the debate with Steel. And you were like, Steel. Like, who can beat Tony Stark? Because <laughs> he owned you know what? You're a suit racist. Just because every guy, every superhero guy with a suit, somehow the same guy. F you, Chris. So, look, Jack, I'm suit blind, okay? He's suit blind. <laughs> I don't see who. At least you can admit it. I just, yeah. Steel wouldn't stand a chance against Iron Man. Iron Man has suits for every occasion. He, he'll he bring out the Hulkbuster suit. Like, he'll bring out the, there's, he has like a Phoenix suit that was used to like, try to take down Phoenix. Like, Steel is uh, not built for this. He has a thing, what's that do? Uh, the dragon. Thing, Fang, Foom? Oh, Fang, yeah. Fang, Foom, yeah. He has a suit for him. Like, come <laughs> on, he has a suit for everything. He has a suit pro- to fight Thor. You know what? He's probably even got a suit to fight Steel, even though he's in an alternate <laughs> universe. Right. And it's probably, like, not, it's probably, like, Mark yeah, It's probably III. Cufflinks. I, Here's my thing with Tony Stark. He's my man. And he has a suit for everything because he's also the guy that had a contingency plan for if the Avengers was to go off the rails. So why wouldn't he have a suit to fight the Avengers and pretty much anything else that might come across? Like he's a man that's constantly, his brain is constantly churning. So it's like, oh, what if this happens? Let me make a suit for that. What if I need to go here? Let me make a suit for that. What if this guy gets steps out of line? Let me make a suit a for that. A suited hero villain could. We could pick, I thought about that. We could make Robot from, from uh, Invincible. Course, yeah, with Batwing, he would not. Batwing is whack. No, no, he wouldn't. Robot. Batwing is whack. Who else you have? Lex Luthor, maybe in his suit. You mean maybe because he went toe to toe Superman for a little bit tonight, though. It was okay. So I mean, who else do you have? No one. I guess. And I think that's the point. It's like yeah, I know. Any any suited up armored hero, like how we compare Omni Man and Homeland to Superman, like your your version of Iron Man at this point, and you're not going right. to be. The original. Yeah. I want to apologize to our listeners. I hyped this, I hyped this up like it was going to be a slobber knocker, and it kind of turned out to be <laughs> three guys punching. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chris, there, there wasn't much else. Shame on you. Shame on, shame you, on you, Chris. And shame on us for entertaining this debate. Right. Shame on all of us. Shame on all of us. 
Let's get to why we're here in the first place. Guys, we have got a chance to go back into our childhood. Go back into 1984, five, three. He-Man and goes the, the rest of our sponsors. The rest of our sponsors. <laughs> we got Masters of the Universe Revelation, which is a spiritual sequel to Filmation's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Five episodes dropped on Netflix all at once and showed us the first part of this story's journey. Here's a little recap. And, okay, disclaimer for those listening. It's kind of hard to talk about this series without talking about the shenanigans around the series. So this is going to be a talk about the series and then a talk about the making of the series as well. But oh, spoiler alert. So spoiler all around. Here we go. Brief recap. Basically, like I said, it's a spiritual sequel to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So we pretty much pick up where that series left off, spiritually and tonally. We have uh, He-Man escorting some of Skeletor's minions to Castle Grayskull, while Tila is being celebrated. She's gonna be she's she's gonna be the new man of arms, man at arms. Um, at Castle Grayskull, we realize it's a lie. It's Skeletor is there. He, he cloaked himself looking like one of his minions. And that's not He-Man with them because we see Prince Adam at the celebration. And it's Faker. And you guys, I talked about my action figure, Faker. It's an android He-Man. Basically, they, they take the sorceress. They get into Castle Grayskull. We realize that there is a power beneath Castle Grayskull. Castle Grayskull has always been this mirage. Basically, you got Tila and all of them are alerted. They go to Castle Grayskull. Prince Adam says the thing that I was saying when I was five freaking years old by the power of Grayskull. I have the power. Cringer gets got. Battle Cat, they go. Yada, yada, yada. They're fighting. They're at the end. Skeletor tricks He-Man into pretty much opening the power source of the entire universe and multiverse. And to contain that power, He-Man has to absorb it into his sword while wielding the sword. And He-Man disintegrates, blows up with Skeletor next to him. He-Man dies at the end of the first episode. Up until that point, it kind of played out like a more mature version of what we grew up on. Now, episode two and on, we're in a whole different world. Uh, the magic is gone. Tila is kind of this sort of gun for hire she'll steal things if you need it go get this if you need it or whatever and basically mercenary, mercenary it's like the Cara word. Dune from Mandalorian yeah pretty much um, yeah. and then she uh, she's pretty much enlisted and told by the sorceress that her and Evelyn and Orko will go on this journey to retrieve the power swords one's in preternia heaven and one's in subternia hell um, so, well, before that, she goes to see her father and they had a falling out. You see that in episode one, because everyone knew Adam was He-Man except her and she gets angry about it. And then, um, she goes with Roboto and Oracle and they go on this hero's journey. And then by the end, they retrieve the swords while in heaven, pre-turning they see Adam, he's there with all the other champions and... He winds up finding a way back. But he, if he comes back, he'll never go to heaven again. He'll just die like everybody else dies. They come back. They get the swords together. 
they go there to, to, to pretty much give magic back to Castle Grayskull because without magic, the universe falls apart. Eternia is a centerpiece of the entire universe multiverse. If Eternia dies, everything else dies with it. It was all Skeletor has been there the whole time as he as Adam's raising up that sword, saying the power of Grayskull to unleash magic back in the universe. Skeletor stabs him through the back, coming out through his gut, blood everywhere. Adam collapses to the ground. Skeletor grabs that sword, says, by the power of Grayskull, and we have Skelegod. Sorry for the all, all over the place uh, <laughs> recap, but that's where we are. Gentlemen. What did you think of the series? And let's just have a free-for-all. Let's all just jump in. I'd like to start with what I liked about it. The art in it is phenomenal. Powerhouse killed it. Looks beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's it? Well, we're off to a good start. <laughs> I, I was waiting for more. Okay. Um, Rich? Yeah, I will say the same thing. The art is great. Um, I love the story. It, it got a little whiny at times. Where Tila little? was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm okay, not a little, but Tina was, uh, Tila was like really in her feelings. Like she really couldn't get over the fact that no one told yeah. her. And I'm just like, come on. The universe is at stake here. Like, years. can we just bury that for a minute and get on one? You know, but um, yeah, the, the animation was good. The um, you know, I liked the action. I had a few like a few uh, a few things with the animation that I didn't like. For when they were in at the um, the motherboard oh, sanctuary that, temple. That was. Yeah, that was just weird. And then when dude turned into uh, assimilated into the motherboard, right? His arm mechanized and then it got chopped off and then he got knocked down and then he got up and the arm was back but then it was gone again like i look Ooh. at stuff like that i'm just like why oh, how did you pick up on that? yeah i'm just like come on and then also when when um when adam got stabbed he had blood coming out of his mouth next scene back to the scene blood is gone i look at things like that it's like you know like That's seeing the uh, the Starbucks wow, cup on, you know, Game of Thrones. Like, how do you not pick up on these things? But I like things to flow consistently. But other than that, I mean, I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, a few things here and there, but it was, it was a good show. It was a good watch. Chris? All right. I'm giving it a probationary. I loved it. And I'll explain why. He said so, loved. Wait, like yeah. loved like you loved, like Venom loved love? Yeah, yeah. But but it comes with a big, big, big asterisk next to it. No, so we talked about it. The rumors that this was going to happen. He was going to disappear. It was going to be Tila's journey. No. I was, eh, okay, but as I watched it, I accepted it. I understood the fact that we're five episodes into a season. We have the other half of the season to have He-Man back and He-Man get his powers back and then Great, and then season two, you know, you know, even if it if it if it, if it ends at the at the finale where he gets his powers back in the team, man, I'm okay with it. If it happens that He Man is dead, that's it. I'm done with the series, uh, and then by I loved it. Guess goes goes down the drain. Let me address your asterisk real quick before we get too far past that. At the end of the second series. The best case scenario is He-Man finally gets his powers five episodes later because now what the second series is about is 
oh, just anyone who wields the sword gets bestowed the powers. So Skeletor, of course, has powers now. Matter of fact, anyone can have the powers if they just have the sword, whatever, fine. That's so your best case scenario, your best case scenario is that he's uh, gets the powers by the end of it. It's weird, man. I never enjoyed something and been so disappointed in that very same thing at the same exact time. Mm. You know, when I first, the first episode, man, I was a kid again. It was everything. I, you know, I was like, yes, this is the way it was. They, they got the tone right. And then after that, I was like, they're doing it. They're doing the thing. Yeah. And I was okay. Let me go on this journey. Let me go on this Tila journey. Fine. And then when we saw Adam in the afterlife, I was like, okay, this is our way back. That's when it got even worse for me. But me too, because (laughs) for me, you know, I love He-Man. Like I had He-Man underwear. I had a He-Man lunchbox. He-Man might've been my first entryway into geekdom. Like that was the thing on television all the time. Not Superman, not Batman. It was like He-Man when I was like four or five years old. So I was giving a lot a grace here. Like I told Chris, like, honestly, I don't have rose colored glasses. I know what the filmation was. All you got to do here is to tell me a story that makes sense and give me He-Man <laughs> and I'm good. Right. They didn't give me He-Man and that really upset me. And then when we got to the heaven part, I got upset even more because they said Adam chose to stay in his lesser form while everybody else stayed in their champion form. Adam said, I will be willing to go back with you guys and lose heaven forever. And I'm like, I don't even know. I, I don't know this guy. And he's like, amazing. He's an amazing no. character. And I don't know him. Like, who is this guy? He was chosen for a reason. And we're supposed to live in a world without He-Man. And we don't even know who He-Man is in well, this Apparently, world. he wasn't chosen. He was chosen. No, there's there's yeah. been other chosens before him, but he's been chosen. But we, we, we were learning about this guy that we didn't know. So how do we mourn someone we don't know? And, and, and we have a love for He-Man. But if you never watched this series before and he dies in the first episode, it's like death of Superman, Jack. It's like the reason why it worked is because we had years of who this guy was to miss him. Like you don't miss him. So it's either, and I'm like, who is this made for? It's either, it's made for the fans and you pissed us off or you made it for new fans who don't know him to care. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Uh, here, but here, here's why it got even worse for me when they got to heaven. They were like, and, and it's not really heaven. It's more like, um, it's more like an elite club place for heroes. It's not <laughs> yeah, for I everyone's actually. It's like, it's like an it's, alternate dimension. Like it's yeah. still a physical place. Yeah, it's the hero's heaven. The champion, right? yeah. And so here's why it got even worse. One, at any point, Adam could have been the hero he was and gone back because it wasn't, like, hard for him at all. He could have went back to the real world at any point. And so, two, I was like, wait, you're telling me paradise is I'm hanging out with six burly dudes and one chick? chasing a tiger for all eternity i got no one to talk to him in the middle of the woods and they all make fun of me the whole time because i didn't decide to have my pecs out this is paradise i couldn't i just couldn't make sense of it it was like valhalla valhalla except for nobody was there except for the other people right to hold the sword there were literally like six people there with him i didn't get the impression that they that Adam knew he can come back. 
until it was revealed to all of them the doorway. Because he even said to Tila, you're stuck here until they mm-hmm. got, till King Grayskull or whatever was like. There was not actually, a moment, I'm sorry, dude. There was not a moment in the series where He-Man got the information and said, wait, what? I can't, well, I could have, That's wasn't just, a moment. Right, but that's just poor crafted story. Yeah. But he yeah. still well, didn't and, know it existed. And right. I would and say he, it was my other thing with the, the, the writing of the story all the way through was a little kind of well, poor crafted. True. And he didn't know he didn't know that you know what he did didn't fix everything. It just made everything worse. So that was that was the other thing. He thought the world was safe. I, I, I'll say right. the, the issue with the series is that I don't care who you are if you're if you're for this thing. If you're a Kevin Smith fan, Masters of the Universe is and will always be about He Man. It right. was born with a He Man prototype toy. Right. He Man is the center of the universe in this show. If you made He-Man the center of the universe, then then we can have Jack. What was it called? Um, the series after a death of Superman was a world without Superman, and you yeah. can see what the world is like without He-Man. Towns burning, monsters roaming around. Like, give us the world. And the reason that they didn't they didn't invest in the Adam He-Man character. So by the time we see him in in Preternia, it's just dialogue to get to the point to me this was like this was like the problem with the mortal Kombat movie the last one that just came out you have who's the lead your your tent pole guy the thing you hang your house on your foundation for your house you don't use and the only time you see he-man is in these whack-ass flashbacks which actually don't help push the plot or storyline forward and and you never see him really being he-man in them no, you never see him. No, be, you don't. You don't care for him. And, and it's clear to me that you're so focused on Tila's journey. You guys didn't invest in who Adam is as a person. So he's more so used as a device than an actual mm-hmm. living, breathing person. Because what I wanted Adam to say, I'm like, come on, man, say it is, how are my parents? Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, even if I think I saved Eternia, they, they, found, out, loved they, ones. they found out I'm He-Man. My dad never knew. Yeah. And but the mother, he, she and, knew, but, you know, kind of. She knew like Catwoman knew in the uh, long, in long Halloween. Halloween. No, right. Sorry. Um, that one. sorry. So <laughs> you don't get Adam saying, how's my parents? Because there's no investment in his character as a human. He's just. And then by the time he dies out. again, who cares? I already saw you die yeah, once. Look. I didn't care when you died the first time. I didn't get to care that you were gone. And now I don't care that you're back and you're gone again. What's the difference? And here, and and he let's 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 go back. So this thing has like I can even pull it up right now. Rotten Tomatoes. This thing did not do what they thought it would do. Last time I checked Rotten Tomatoes, this thing and it's weird because it has a critic score of drum roll please. Ninety five percent critic score, thirty six percent audience score. I listened to the Kevin Smith podcast, Fat Man Beyond. It's a great podcast. And I was there when he revealed like two years ago, he's doing this series. And I've listened to him and his co-host, who's a writer on the show, talk about this series for two years. And he straight up lied. When it came out that the show was going to be about Tila, he went on record saying, that's not true. I'll pull it up right here. He has a tweet that he put out. And I hate to get here, but like, this is part of the story. He said, with all due respect to Screen Rant, 
I've read every master's script for our shows, plus wrote a few and viewed four amazing animatics. While Tila is as present as she always has been in the Motu Adventures and plays a big role, our series is literally all about He-Man. He said that and consistently debunked rumors that Tila was the lead, that Tila was going to, like Adam was going to be put to the side. Well, there's never not a he-man flashback in one of the episodes well, but the story is story is never a, about him it, it's, no, it's, it's so not about him like i said about superman and honestly so- man of arms is more hero than he is i mean talk about no, badass characters man of oh, arms yeah. well you, I, his sacrifice adam's sacrifices like he, he died twice or maybe died well, he it better he, be he once sacrificed because... once and then he was stupid the second time mm. if, um, if it's twice then my review changes drastically. So the fact that Kevin Smith lied, on, <laughs> the fact that Kevin Smith lied is the reason why the audience score is so low. He-Man fans are like, if you just told us it was going to be a show about Tila, then we might've had issues with it, but at least going in, we know what it is. But all the marketing, all the advertising, all the action figures they put out was He-Man Skeletor, He-Man Skeletor, because they knew that's what we want. And you killed them off in the first episode. And people got pissed off about it. And literally, Kevin Smith and them are now doing damage control. So now Kevin Smith and them are saying, well, you wait until you see the fight between He-Man and Skeletor in part two. The actor oh, playing, come on. The actor playing He-Man. He said that? Yeah, because they have to do damage control now. Oh, because shoot. so many people are like, I'm not watching part two. This literally is only made for He-Man fans. There's not even enough, my favorite word, there's not enough exposition in the first two episodes to like exposition exposition, to catch new fans up to this world. So you're really relying on the people that kind of know this content. And And the actor that plays He-Man, he even said when he read the first script, he was shocked, but don't worry. I'm coming back. Adam's the producer. Adam's not dead. They went out their way to say he's not dead. They left it on a cliffhanger of, is he dead? To now they're doing damage control because they it's gonna know be like John sure. Snow. At, oh, spoiler alert! It's gonna be like John Snow dies at the end of this thing, and he's right back in the beginning because yeah. everyone said, "What the f are you guys doing?" Yeah. Oh, we gotta make it right. Better but make it right. Better make like, it right. More like the Last it's- Jedi, where they ruined Luke Skywalker, and then the one after that kind of had to try to fix the problem. Um, and it's never Kevin better. Smith. Yeah, I'm just saying Kevin Smith contradicts himself left and right. Because if you if you even watch the after show, he says, Oh, proudly, we killed Adam twice. We killed Adam twice. He says it multiple times. Now he's now he's double backing because he's realizing it was how stupid it was. Well, you kill him twice doesn't mean you can't bring him back a third time. Well, and that's where we're at. The rest of the season has been written. Like they're not going back, I think, and rewriting. So I think Of course they're gonna tweak. You tell me they got a thirty-seven. He, he man's come. Scripts are literally changed, and you know this better than anyone. Scripts not, are getting changed while they're literally shooting it. Not an animation, man. You can't just reshoot that. You got to have all the artists go back to the drawing board and resell all those things. That's well, when you're trying and, to have more than just a second season, and you're like, "Yeah, we better maybe maybe we fix this." <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this question because we're getting, we're seeing this trope a lot. There's two tropes going on a lot. And I have a problem with now because it becomes a trope. Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead created this trope of anyone can die, which is pretty great because the stakes are high. 
But now we have shows that are now going to kill off main characters just because it's thrilling, but not have the backbone for it. If you kill off He-Man, he, if he should die first at the end of the first season. So we got to care for him and see what he's about. Then we get to see a world without him, how they're suffering without their champion. This world was fine without him. It was suffering without magic, but they were all right without He-Man, which is a problem. And then the other trope is, and it was my issue with Loki, is it's a setup. You'll, you'll, you'll like it more once you see the rest, trust me. And it's like, we came up at a time where your first movie, your first season, your pilot always had to hit. You're not guaranteed a season two. Now they're giving us all these setup shows because they know we'll be back. And Marvel, I give them a pass. They gave us 15 years of the best prime rib. So yeah, we're going to come back. Masters, you ain't put in that time to say, <laughs> you know, we're going to come back. It's very interesting, man. I mean, even, even the way they killed the Moss Man in the beginning. We don't, if you're yeah. not a fan, you don't know who he is enough to care about that death. Yeah. So it means nothing. You killed but him then, for nothing. But then he came back too. He was in the championship. He did. You no, know, yes. but he but he also came back to the castle when the magic came back. Oh, I missed that. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken, but that's kind of what it looked like to me. And then when it started, I was looking at the castle. I thought the same thing I always think. Why the hell is this green castle called gray? <laughs> yeah, you just got kicked out of He-Man fandom. Wait, wait, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I always, I always, want, and then, and then you're like, oh, they named it after another guy who holds a sword. Oh, everyone holds a sword. How did? Listen, here's my question. Honestly, how was Skeletor even able to rain the power down? I hope there's a there's because a anybody can. So then you don't have to be chosen. You just need you know, to your ch- sorceress chooses who she gives the sword to. Right. The but sword doesn't can, choose. And wield the power. And that even kind of goes back to the action figures where they would have two halves of the sword. And the whole goal is to get both halves. Whoever has both halves can get into Grayskull and get the power. So it's not like it's exclusive. Except for when you die having been a hero, you go to an exclusive club where only heroes exist. Champions. So my, so wait, my wait, wait. Hold is, on, Jack. Hold on, Jack. Because you're poking fun of it, but that doesn't not make sense. You're right. You're right. Here's Earth, my question. Earth's though. champions go to their own eternity. Like that. 100%. That's not no, crazy right. talk. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Mike, here's my question though. If Skeletor died now, having wielded the sword of the champions, does Just he go to that heaven? You guys too? Are at, that's a ridiculous Just question. You guys is are it? silly. You, you no, don't go to, not a hero. go to heaven because you have power. You go to heaven because you're a hero. No, but they all chose that, that, their champion forms. It is the right. champion's he- heaven. No, it's heroes now. heaven. You're a I'm hero. I'm just basing This is the information nope. in the series nope. I'm going nope. off Nope, of. nope, You're going off <laughs> on a narrative that don't make no sense. But he's loving <laughs> it. No, no, no. no. They, I'm, they, I'm, they, I'm they, a large assignment this way. No champion. No, 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 no. They didn't necessarily say that the that the, that the champions just go there. They said that the, the, those who wielded the sword go there. So everyone that has wielded that sword went to went to pre uh, went to the heaven. So Skeletor or Skelegod has now wielded the sword. They so never said that. And he could turn that. into a good guy. We don't they know. Maybe season said, two is about Skeletor being that a good is guy. A champions heaven. Those who qualify because they were champions. Now maybe. The champions champion. haven't become evil, but no, 
Like you guys are going off on some weird tangent. He's, he's a champion. <laughs> a weird series. <laughs> it's like, well, like well, He Man was always weird. To be fair, He Man was never. It was always weird balance between like super sci fi and like medieval. So He Man was out there a little sure. bit to begin with. So you know, getting something weird from the series is kind of on par. And it's not a far stretch to go. Oh, this is where the superheroes go because they're blessed with an afterlife. Like that's the reach. Would you guys <laughs> choose that? It's not a choice. Like literally, even they didn't. They didn't know. Would you? What? Well, like you? You wake up. And you're like, Yo, who is this guy? I've never known my entire life. I got to spend eternity. So, with so, so Jack didn't really watch the show because the alternative is you're just dirt. It's not like hey, nah, there's <laughs> magic. You're just dirt. You're there's just magic. dirt. They said once you die, if you're you don't in, come here. No, you're dirt. Mossman yeah. says you go yeah. back to the ground. Come back you are to the dirt. ground. Yeah. You become yeah. dirt. You're nothing. You don't go anywhere. The champion. No, you become you become the forest, and therefore you become the magic. You become eternity. Yes. yes. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. You're fine, Rich. Fine. We become flowers. It's nice. They become eternity. You know. That's what he says. <laughs> we become eternity. The Adam parts to me are are, are 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 flawed. And Jack, you're right. Like his realization, he can go home because the show wasn't about him. So he didn't get to have the revelation that went to Tila. He didn't get to have those moments. Where's my parents? How's the world doing? Like, honestly, because it wasn't about him. So he's, he's, he's a device. He's a tool to, 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 for the main character, Tila, to get what she wants. And I feel like that's not what we showed up for. Kevin Smith of the 90s. Kevin Smith of the 90s would have crapped all over this. He would have said, you don't make a He-Man show without He-Man. You don't make Superman and then just have Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane saving the day while Superman died in the first episode. You don't do that. You don't do that. Now, Batman, who's created a whole world of a Batman family, can get away with Robin taking the lead for a few episodes because they've they've earned that place within their canon. We have never had a He-Man-less show. We had two Master series and both had He Man in the center. I mean, I don't. I don't the know. The problem is, who is this series for? Because if it's for, it's like you said, if it's for new people, it's not a He Man series for new people. If it's for fans, it's not a He Man series for fans. Right. Well, it's not a He Man series. Just, it's yeah. I'm just hoping. I'm keeping my fingers crossed and trying to keep the faith that it it comes I'm together. Back on that train, come on. I now. mean, that's that, that, that's all I have to hold on to because I wanted this series so bad. Well, they, they, you'll they, get He-Man in season three if this the train wreck makes it that far. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm long gone. I'm where, gone. I'm long gone by then. Where it's scary is you're gonna keep getting flashbacks, and somehow they're gonna keep saying that flashbacks mean that he's mean in the he's series. In it. And Jack, yeah. you you brought this up, and this is the part that's scary. They went out their way to say there's been champions before, and there'll be champions after. Skeletor waving the sword shows that anyone who waves the sword can have the power. So they're they they're setting this up where we don't need to have Adam as He Man for there to be a champion. Like they no. literally yeah. set the floor for Tila to be the be the person. Well, I thought mm-hmm. that's where it was going. Like if we're watching a hero's journey, which we are, like. Writing wise, that's the only thing that makes sense. The second He Man had the sword at the end of it, I felt cheated with the journey that I actually went on. I was like, yeah. "Why is Tila not got the sword in her hand right now? She's the she's the hero we're watching." Hashtag and I knew not it was. What you say? 
Story wise, it is not, you can't end with Tila taking the backseat. Well, so I have episodes. a I, I have a question. So Skeletor was in the underworld, no. right? He, he was no. in hell. No, no, no. He was in the skull. Yes. Yes. But who, what version of Skeletor was in the... They didn't explain his, that. His consciousness. That, that was, like because I also say this. The voice acting of that version of Skeletor, I that was, was Scareglow. That was Scareglow. Scareglow came out as an action figure, and there's a bunch of stories around. He never made it into the old series, but it's supposed to be Skeletor in the afterlife. But at the same time, it can be its own character as well. And I don't feel like the show decided what they wanted it to be. So it's more I was like, like was the did he jump in the skull because she took the skull through the under? I think they're unrelated. I, I I think they shouldn't be, but I think in the series it feels like they were unrelated. But there's really kind of no way to tell. Yeah, I thought it was just like an illusion, or like you know, uh, yeah, like an illusion for the the trial that she needed to go through. I think no, I think Scareglow's like like death. Like he's the Grim Reaper. He's the one that keeps the underworld. You know, he 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 tests the people that show up. Right. I think it was vague. It was pretty vague. It was pretty vague. It was pretty vague. Um, what did you guys think about Mark Hamill as Skeletor? Or the very Jokerish. I liked it. It was. Yeah. It was very Jokerish, but it was also Skeletorish. I kind of, but I thought it was written bad. I didn't think the performance was bad necessarily. I had a hard time with him at the end because you know when he when he when he came back, he was so sinister and everything was in his lower register, and I'm like. It's too much like Joker. <laughs> I just yeah. heard Joker. He's like, "Hello, Evelyn." I'm like, "It's Joker. That's Joker." Yeah, and that's pretty. That's a pretty good. Thank Joker. you, thank you, Chris. I've been working on it all week. Um, just to so, get that one line out. Just to get that one. That's all I can do. Well, let's hear it again. It's so good. We'll hear it again. Hello, Evelyn. Actually, really good. <laughs> thank you, sir. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, I thought the voice cast was great. Um, his last name's David. He's one of the producers of the show. He works for Mattel Productions. He wrote some of the He-Man comic. He is like the keeper of knowledge of all things He-Man masters. He knows everything. And he brought Kevin on the show. His original pitch was this. For Adam, everything that plays out in the first episode, but Adam doesn't die. The sword is just lost. And the whole series is them trying to get magic back, but Adam's not dead. And I was like, that's brilliant. Because then episode five, he waves a sword and gets stabbed through the gut. By that point, we got to know him. We got to love him. We're on this hero's journey with him and Tila. She's upset that he didn't tell her. And they're like, we need to focus. They're dealing with all that. And in the end, finally, he gets got. And I'm like, that could work. And of course, he can't be dead. We need him back. But I'm like, dude. This would have been a way better story. That was his his original. Kevin Smith was like, how about this? We kill him in the first episode. <laughs> we don't destroy the power. He's destroyed with it. That was his pitch. And then the guy liked it. He said, oh, yeah, because it is thrilling. It's unheard of to kill him in the first episode. It's like that. But it's after that, what do you have? Let's kill him again. <laughs> Let's kill him again. <laughs> um <laughs> He'll die at the beginning and end of every season. Every season. Like, Kenny, like Kenny from South Park. 
Man. Kenny in South Park. I had such, like literally everything we love about this, they got rid of. We had no He-Man, no Battle Cat, no Skeletor, no Panther. They called this Masters of the Universe. Like, we're the masters. Like, we're the rest of my action figures. They're all up there, dude. It's the real masters of the universe. Mm -hmm. It should be called the real masters of the universe. The real masters of the universe. Oh, man. Um, Chris, I don't have your love for it. I, I actually went back and tried to watch it twice. Love the first episode again, but after that, I couldn't keep going. So I put on Invincible instead. <laughs> Man, that content is good. That content is good. The content is good. Like I said before, if they would have just been clear in their marketing that this wasn't a He-Man show, clear in their marketing that it's a focus on Tila, world without He-Man, I would have probably been all right with it, but their marketing, like He-Man's in the center. They, they mismarketed this on purpose because they knew that Tila wouldn't bring us back. And we got the bait and switch. Yeah, look, I, I, I stand by, I love it with an asterisk. If, uh, we'll see what happens. And that might, love it might disappear to, I'm never picking this property up ever again. Chris, if, sounds if like, Chris sounds like I sounded after watching Loki. It depends on how it plays out. (laughs) I'll say this, though. I would watch a Man of Arms spinoff. Oh, yeah. How how cool is that guy? I would would not. I would not. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. All right. All these soldiers and guys were like, no, He-Man is the one with the powers. No, I said spinoff. Don't call it He-Man. I don't want no spinoff. Give me my He-Man. You can call it Servants (laughs) of the Universe. Okay. I don't care how dope Alfred is. I don't want no Alfred spinoff. Yeah, you do after a while. If you it listen, here's what I'm saying. If you, if you had a good Batman, if you had a good Batman, you could keep coming back to. You wouldn't mind an Alfred spinoff. If you had a good He-Man, you could keep coming back to. You wouldn't mind. I don't a want no Perry White spinoff. Well, if you had good <laughs> Superman, and you know there was like some spotlight stuff going on in this series, and you might want to get behind Perry White. I'll say that to be honest, Tila is the best character to spin off. She's a freaking warrior. She, she's a But if anyone character. could have had the sword, give her the sword at the end of this one. I think I, I, I was disappointed, but I did enjoy what I saw. But I had to divorce what I knew it should have been first. And when he came back at the end, it was hard to divorce what the show should be, which is his journey. And Tila with him too, neck and neck. Make it both their journeys fine. But like to take him out, it's the same thing we talked about in Endgame. You take out Captain Marvel because you really don't know what to do with her. Mm. With if you wanted this to be Tila's journey, you couldn't figure out how to keep Adam there and make it about her. And that sounds like a creative thing. There's a story that's easy easy there because Adam doesn't have the power. He's the normal guy, so he's got to learn how to be. He's got to learn how to be Superman when Superman first came back from being dead. And he's in the black no. suit and he's got no powers. He's, yeah, he's got to learn a new skill set in order to still be who he is, who his heart says he is. And Tila becomes the can become the figurehead of that series for him to find a back. Well, you know? the, my my, right. pi- my pitch is that because two things they gave us about Adam is that he chose not to stay in his champion form in heaven which says a lot about the guy. Everybody else wants to stay in this other form that isn't them, but he's like, no, 
I'm cool being me. He-Man was a weapon, but I'm the guy. And then you have a guy who sacrificed his life to pull those swords apart. So you have, like, this is who he is as a person. And how interesting would that be to see him, but Tila is the muscle, because she is a trained soldier. She does have the skills. He doesn't have the sword, but he's the conscience. He's still the conscience. He's still the heart of the whole thing. And it would have been cool to see that. See, she can still be the one killing people and fighting, but Adam's like, there's a better way. Because he's possibly training him up, if anything. Because, like you say, he he had to learn a whole new skill set. So Teela would be the one to train him. And he he can he can train her not to just be a savage warrior, and she can train him how to not rely on powers, and all while dealing with the lie. Man, that would have been a dope show. And and you would have at least felt like you're still watching the right content because, even though I want to see Superman in the suit being Superman. If I'm following Clark Kent, I know he's Superman behind it. The heart. It's the heart. It's the thing that makes him him. And that's what the show never gave us. And Tila's flashbacks, it was just their adventures. It's like, you knew he, man. You know his heart. So, like, in your flashbacks, give me the moments where... That was the problem with the flashbacks. The flashbacks were for the fans, so they could say He-Man's in it. But they weren't for the story. The flashbacks did not propel the story for it in a way where if you got rid of the flashbacks, the story wouldn't work. Exactly. Would have been fine with that. It actually it might have even been better without the flashbacks. And if Adam's her best friend, why is she not flashing back to their moments? Like Adam's her childhood friend. Yeah. And then you find out that you're lied to, but literally these people who are your family just found out their son died. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to raise the emotional stakes, then you got to like, then we got to do it for real. You got to do both. And she can't just be mad at the lie without also mourning her friend. Like you don't get that. Right. You have to have both. I would say it's, it's, it's a fun watch. It's five episodes. It's not a He-Man story. It's not what you grew up with. But if you're cool with that, if you know that going in, you might, you might have a good time watching this new hero's journey. I don't have any faith for part two, man. They lied to us and they marketed it to us. So hmm. when I watch part two, I'm going in probably the way I should have went in with part one, which is no expectations. If she waves a sword and she becomes this world's version of She-Ra, cool. Like, I got no expectations. Just, you know, tell me a good story. It's okay if He-Man's not in it. You already lied to me once. You're not going to lie to me again. <laughs> what do you guys think? The art in it is great. It's not, it's not great storytelling. It's not great story. Isn't I don't think it's a He-Man story either, um, but the animation is is pretty good. It's pretty great. The animation is pretty great. I could I could watch it without a problem, but it's hard to invest in it for me. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed watching like the animation when I, despite the, the 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 couple of minor things I, I found wrong with it. But um, I mean the story itself, it was just like. It was a Tila story, cool, but they definitely marked, as you said, they definitely marked it as a He-Man story, and there was little to no He-Man in there. And, you know, I, I also felt like they were like, your friend died. You didn't really mourn the fact that your friend died, but you were, you were just mad the fact that he lied to you about being He-Man? And then also, you also had the fate of the world at hand, and like, here you are face-to-face with the dude again, and you're still like in your feelings about it, like, yo, there are bigger things at stake right now. Let's get to the point. My man asked you several times, literally, 
in the script, asked several times, why are you here? And she just kept going on about, well, you're freaking lying to me. Yeah. Or, or, the like, mag- or the magic question that should have been in that scene, which is, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. get to have the, the, the conversation, moment. the moment. Yeah, I'll say this, man. I, like, it was effortless to step into the series. For me, seeing it, I felt like it was almost like um, a perfect update of what I remember as a kid. It is the image of what I had in my mind as a kid was what they created on screen again. It was so easy for me to jump right back into my relationship with these characters. I knew them. They looked like what I thought they were supposed to look like. Their personalities were pretty much what I remember them being. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the producer said to Kevin Smith. He was like, when I was a kid, I really thought He-Man can die. I really thought like I was on the edge of my seat. And as I got older, I realized, oh, this show is for kids. So make me feel how I felt when I was five now. And for me, the first episode up until the end, it did that. I felt like getting a bowl of cereal. <laughs> After like, that, yeah, like, like, what happened yeah, I feel like watching it, like if you're if you're a He-Man fan, you grew up watching He-Man and you knew who the characters were. Like you you could see all even the, the, the minor villains that popped up, like, oh yeah, that guy, this guy. You knew everyone, you recognized everyone. I feel like if you didn't watch He-Man or if you're like a new, like someone younger, you didn't know they didn't really do a good Yo, you know. It would have been mad confusing. One thing I'll say is it was cool to see like they put a lot of toys in there. Like, yeah. even, like, in Preternia, that tower was in Eternia Tower as a kid. Like, in the beginning when He-Man was on that robot horse. Like, because I think you had those. Did you have those? I didn't have those. No, I didn't have those. So, like, they put, even, like, the champions, like, Wondar, like, all those guys have existed in toy form or mini comic form. So, they really pulled from the resources. It was fun to see that. So, that, that, that was pretty cool. Just asterisks and potential, you know, just... Don't disappoint me because you'll lose me forever. That's it. <laughs> Don't disappoint him, guys, because he'll be gone. He'll, <laughs> he's going to burn his He-Man toys. Uh, and you bought a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, I did. I want to give a, a recommendation before you get into the official recommendations. If you guys want to see an updated, fun, still meant for kids, but dope He-Man series, watch the Masters of the Universe series, the 2002 one. That series is what we wish this show was. It's a little more kitty, a little more hokey because it was for the Cartoon Network and for kids, but it's what we wish this was. So I highly recommend that one if you want to get your updated He-Man fix. Now to the official recommendations. You need to be watching Tokyo Revengers, all right? It's on Crunchyroll. It's a nice little time travel. Um, that is, uh, the main character, he is a loser. He's, an, he's a young adult. He's a loser in life. But he one day, he dies, and then he's teleported back to a time in his middle school years, right? And now he goes back there. He doesn't know what's going on. He's trying to figure it out. Um, next thing you know, he saves a kid's life that was supposed to die in the future. And then that kid saves him from dying and Mm. then pulls him back. And it comes to find out that he can consciously teleport in time back to this, back to this younger self. 
like his conscience goes back into the body of his younger self in middle school. And he's trying to figure out a crime of his best friend dying, his girlfriend dying. And the thing I like about it is like when he's, when he's teleported in, um, into the past, like his, 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 like say he goes to sleep on the 29th of July, he will wake up in that time period on the 29th of July, just in a different year. So now his body is kind of in a comatose state. So now he has to keep himself, uh, they found a way to keep him alive, but pretty much IV injection and keep him, you know, pumping him with fluids. So when he wakes up, you know, so if he's there for like a month in the past, he wakes up, it's now a month in the future. Ooh. I'll check that out. That's dope. So like, that's fantastic. Cause that means the time yeah. travel has consequences. You will lose yeah. time if you yes. stay fast. So he's trying to figure out the, he's trying to save, save his girlfriend, uh, figure out a, a murder between a, a gang member and why this gang fell apart, which, you know, had dire effects or in, in the future. And that's, that's where it's at now. And it's pretty freaking dope. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it right now. Is it dubbed? Okay. The first nine episodes are dubbed. Okay. I'm but there are a few after that. So as the week, you know, they, they, it comes out once a week to dub one. So you'll be able to watch it. Because, you know, I don't, I don't read, Rich. Yeah, I know you don't read. I don't read cartoons. Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome, Rich. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to this. I mean, it's a blast, you know. And, and at the end of the day, the fact that our childhood is coming back is pretty dope. You know, whether it comes back the way we wish it did, that may not happen. But the fact that it's coming back, that we have He-Man and Ghostbusters flooding our toy shelves. (laughs) It's pretty it's pretty dope to be 80s baby right now. So thank you all so much for listening. Going on this ride, please, please, please follow and download the episodes. It helps a lot. We're on social media. We're dropping content every day on Instagram. Three brothers and a shot of milk. Go ahead and follow us on there. And we will see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. We out.